We're continuing on with our sermon series this morning, asking the question, uh, how's your walk? We're posing different questions to do with people's spiritual walk at the moment. And um, uh, simply this morning, maybe it's not a question we're posing this morning, uh, but we're simply asking, and you'll see it come through in the words that we say, that who, who are you walking with? Because we're going to talk this morning about walking in the spirit. And uh, walking in the spirit is an expression of me means uh, living one's life in the power of the Spirit uh, while being guided by the Spirit through the journey of life. As we talk about walking uh, on this journey of life that each of us has to go on, uh, it says God uh, accompanies us through his Holy Spirit who imparts into our life, who guides us and leads us and shows us the way uh, that we go, helps us, uh, gives us everything that we need. Uh, I'll start off with this statement that will help us this morning as we come uh, to look at this subject and it simply says this it says the problem with many believers today is they want the experience of the Holy Spirit to sense and feel something rather than the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live their lives the way God has planned them to uh, both in the book of Romans and in the book of Galatians that we're going to be taking a look at this morning Paul encourages us to walk in the Spirit or walk by the Spirit because this is the, the way that God has called us to walk. The accompaniment that God has given is that he is with us through his Holy Spirit. And so we're just going to take a look at Galatians 5, uh, beginning at verse 16 uh, to 26. Just simply look at what this means to walk in the Spirit. These words say, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery fornication uncleanness lewdness idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such there is no law and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit let us not become conceited provoking one another envying one another the context for this chapter as we know is Paul is writing to the church here in Galatia and the problem is with the people there is they're getting caught up in the law again and saying that it's about the law of Moses and what, what we should be doing there as far as the law is concerned. But Paul begins to mention this phrase of walking in the Spirit. And those who walk in the Spirit are simply those who have given their lives to Christ, belong to Christ, and eagerly await by faith the righteousness that they hope for. And so this sets them free from the law. So those who walk in the Spirit, Paul says, will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now let me just 
just explain really just briefly what the flesh is or what Paul means by this to help us here as we understand uh, this phase of walking in the spirit. The flesh is that fallen nature under the power of sin that, that is in direct conflict with the spirit. Uh, where the flesh is in charge, it says the results are obvious as it lists the 13 things there that people will get involved in if the flesh is in charge. You see, when the spirit is in charge, it says he produces the right fruit. Uh, and so he encourages them and challenges them to walk in the spirit. The problem is the flesh is the enemy of our walk. And the reality is all of us want to walk well. All of us want to walk well. And in this fourth week of looking at this subject, we're encouraged in this passage to walk in the spirit and by the spirit. Something that God has given to us to help us. You see, the flesh, the human nature is something that we are often all drawn back to uh, as we come to make different decisions based on the circumstances of the situations that we go through. Maybe particularly at the moment because we're in this period of lockdown or we're not able to do some of the things that we usually do that sometimes we would lose uh, our way on our walk or we would fall off the right path that we're supposed to be walking on. And so we're encouraged in this passage to come back and to walk in the Spirit and by the Spirit in this journey that each of us goes on in life you know the challenge is really there what Paul says is that, that actually the flesh of the human nature uh, with which all of us are born it simply says this it will not enter the kingdom of God unless it is changed it says when we get saved, we, we change from walking in our old ways, which it talks about in uh, the New Testament, to walking in the new way. There is something that happens, a heart of stone that we have before we begin our walk with God through Jesus Christ. It says gets changed into this new heart, which begins a new walk with God. And it's that new walk that, that we talked about, that actually our walk has to be different. Uh, our walk has to be different from the way that we used to walk in the old way and we cannot do that in our own strength we can't do that in our own ability and our own talents we're given the spirit to walk in and to walk by but we have to be careful that we don't just make the holy spirit an experience that simply is something that happens to us that makes us feel good or something that happens to us and increases some sort of sense of of excitement in us in what's going on in our life or some sort of sense of feeling and we have to make sure that we understand the proper grasp of what Paul is helping us with here and he's saying to us you see the spirit of God actually creates something new he takes out this old heart that walks in the old way that rebels against God and he puts into us a new heart by the spirit that trusts God and follows his ways in the way that we walk you see the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is one of God's most precious gifts to his children. He takes up residence within the believer, the moment of salvation, and he empowers them to overcome temptation and live for God's glory and purposes. And I often wonder sometimes when we talk to people and talk to uh, maybe those who are just beginning their journey that they're war, they haven't quite grasped this, that God hasn't in a sense saved them and expected them to 
do it themselves and make it on their own, that there must be an understanding that he has given them the spirit to walk in and to walk by. And that same thing is needed for each and every one of us, uh, the same spirit that we walk in and walk by. is needed for us whether we've been saved for 10 minutes or 10 years or 25 years. He says, why? Because the flesh is the enemy of those who would desire to walk under the influence and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You see, Paul says these words in Romans 7, verse 21. He says, I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. So it tells me this, that it's not desire alone to do good. It's not enough just to overcome the flesh in my walk, just by having good intentions, just by having the desire not to do it. Actually, God understands that we need something more, and so that's why he presents us and imparts us with his Holy Spirit. Some people twist these verses as well because they think it has to do with liberty because we have the Holy Spirit now so actually we're free to do what we want when we want because where the Spirit of the Lord is is freedom but no that's not what that means here. It says what this means here is the Spirit enables us to subdue those things of the flesh because we constantly submit to his leading in our walk knowing that there is a need for him every single day in our life, knowing that there was a need for his grace and for his help in every step of the way. You see, the Apostle Paul doesn't say we won't have the desires of the flesh when we walk in the Spirit, but he says that we won't carry out those fleshly desires. You see, the fruits of the Spirit and the works of the flesh are, are totally opposed to each other. It says in the passage that we just read that they're contrary to each other. You see, the works of the flesh are what you do when you gratify those desires and give in to those desires. But the fruit of the Spirit is what appears in your life when you walk by the Spirit and in the Spirit. Because walking in the Spirit is what we do when those desires produced by the Spirit are stronger than the desires produced by the flesh. And so walking in the Spirit stresses its initiative and empowerment. Uh, and that's what gives us the resulting behavior, which is the fruit of the Spirit, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness that comes through for those who are walking in the Spirit and living by the Spirit will produce the fruit of the Spirit, but we won't produce it in our own strength because the Spirit leads us by creating desires within us to obey God and we walk by fulfilling those desires in action. Uh, and simply it's not something we do in order to get the Spirit's help that we just pick what we want, that we look at it and say, you know, uh, I'm good with the joy, but I don't really like the patience, or I've got the goodness, but you know, I've the peace. Listen, that it comes as a package. It says the response, the fruit, the outward behavior of the person who is walking in the spirit is all of those things, the love, the joy, it's all of them together. Those who refuse to gratify the desires of the flesh walk in the fruit of the spirit because they walk in the spirit and by the spirit because they're called fruit simply this, because only the spirit can produce them. They are the, not the results of our own efforts. It's something that when we give to the walk that we have, that actually it's a fruit. People can see it and our life. Goodness is not something that you sort of have in a sense. It's something that is seen more by others. The people see the love that you have in your walk. 
Do people see the joy that you have in your walk? Do people see the patience that you have in your walk? Do people see the kindness that you have in your walk? Because you see, the person who walks in the Spirit will do what is right freely and not by compulsion of the law. Because in Galatians here, they're trying to break free from the law. You see, the burden of the law was that you had to fulfill the law by doing all that it required. And if you broke the law, then that separated you from God, in a sense. And when we move into the New Testament, we haven't removed all of the law altogether. It's just something better has come. It's like the verse in Hebrews that says, he takes away the first to establish the second. What has been established now? Well, it's been the law of Christ. And you see, we, we don't love out of a burden now. You can't love somebody because uh, of a burden. You don't have joy because we're told to in the Bible. We don't, we not, don't have peace because we're commanded to. It says all of these things come because we walk in the Spirit and by the Spirit. And it's exhibited in our behavior and in our attitude because it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the thing that people notice about our life because it's exhibited and shown, not by the actions of the lusts of the flesh, but by the fruit of the Spirit that we display in our life. You see, often we don't feel like the, the pinch or, or, or the burden of the Lord demanding us to do what we have no desire to do. Somebody tells us, oh, you have to do this because it fulfills what it means to be a Christian. It's not the same as, as something that happens in our heart when God changes us and we can suddenly love the people that we would never have loved before. We can suddenly display joy in the midst of difficult circumstances where previously in our old walk we may have quit and give up or turn to an alternative uh, to try and find our way out of this. And you see, because of the desires that's been placed in us now by the Spirit, we see that. It says, walking in the Spirit frees us from being in the law. It's what Paul means in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 when he says this. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's what that means. Not the freedom to do whatever you want. The freedom to get excited and tingly and do whatever you want. It says it's the freedom to do what God has called you to do. The freedom to walk the way that God wants you to walk. How does God want us to walk? Well, it's clear here in the two phases that Paul has written that we walk in the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. And then again in verse 25 tells us to walk in the Spirit. And something of this bit, uh, it's for us, we, we say this. Instead of using I'm human as an excuse to walk in the flesh, let us use I'm saved as a reason to walk in the Spirit. Let me say that again because that's a powerful statement. Instead of using I'm human as an excuse to walk in the flesh, let us use I'm saved as a reason to walk in the spirit. It comes back to what we said in week one. Our walk has to be different. People want to see us as different. Our saviour, our messiah was different when he walked here on the earth. He expects his followers to be different, not to blend in, but to stand out. You see, walking in the spirit denotes simply a reliance upon him. He leads the way and we follow. As he speaks, we listen, we heed his warning and obey his directions. I often hear people say that the Spirit controls us, and I'm not quite sure about that. I think the Spirit leads us, and he directs us, and he guides us. 
but it says I still have a choice of to follow him, to be guided by him, to be led by him. What I would prefer to probably say is this, is that the Spirit's path is a way of surrender, which although difficult, and it is difficult, it leads to a fullness of life. It's the best path to walk. It's the best path to go. See, the walk of verse 25 simply means it's different from the, the walk in verse 16, because the walk in verse 25 simply means to walk in line or to keep in step with it's not the same as the the verse the walk in verse 16 which simply means uh, uh, almost like a physical walking as we would just walk from one place to another uh, to walk in the spirit is to walk along the path that he shows us that he guides us that he directs us to go down he says and this brings us to the consequence of that do not ask god to guide your footsteps if you're not willing to move your feet he says we have to be careful what we pray for as i've said many times when people pray for guidance and god does guide them they suddenly turn around and say god i don't want to go that way he says we have to be careful if we're asking god to guide our footsteps he says we have to be make sure that we're ready and willing to move our feet because god's spirit not only guides he empowers us as well because the challenge simply of obeying him in our own strength is impossible the holy spirit supplies everything we need to live a godly life and he produces this amazing fruit in us because we walk in him and so we see three things as we draw this to a conclusion it says three things that our walk involves the first one is this is our walk always involves a destination we have to be going somewhere and the spirit is always leading us somewhere the spirit's job is to draw attention to draw the focus to who Jesus is and who God is and so he always goes to the same place with us in our lives as we walk that our walk goes towards the glory of God it's not about what I've done it's not about how good it is how obedient I've been what's my faith like he says actually it's all about the glory of God that, that he has done in my life to change me as I walk with him because the Holy Spirit is leading us to the one destination and that's always to that which brings glory to God that which brings glory to God who I am where I go what I do the change within me all brings glory to God that's the destination why does the church exist here in this community to bring glory to God why do we do everything that we do in our walk personally and as a church we do it because it brings glory to God the destination is always the same it's not the destiny and we hear so much about destiny these days and what people are called to do and how they're supposed to do it listen it's the destination and the destination of our our walk as individuals and our destination in our walk as a church is to bring glory to God he says he is the one that changes lives he's the one that saves he's the one that empowers he's the one that calls he's the one that gives people the mission he's the one that gives people something to do you see in contrast the flesh is always moving to that which will please itself if you read the 13 instances that Paul mentions of the flesh, it's all self. 
self-gratifying. It's all about uh, the self-feeling good. It's all about the self-desire. It's all about self. And even in the world that we live in today, when we're here, we get people talking constantly about people, people's self-esteem and, and, and what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. We must be careful that we don't bring this into the church because the destination of the church in its walk and our walk is to bring God glory. You see, the second thing we see is our walk is continuous. You see, our walk in the Spirit is ongoing. So we have to maintain our dedication. To walk is to continue taking one step after another. We will always face choices. We will always face decisions. We will always face the opportunity to choose the flesh over the spirit. And we have to make sure that our walk in the spirit and by the spirit, because it is continuous, that it won't be one choice that we just make at the beginning. It will be continuous choices because often we are only one decision away from making a bad choice in our walk. And we must make sure with all the things that come along, all the temptations sometimes that people face, all the opportunities uh, that people face to do a certain thing it says actually in walking by the spirit in walking in the spirit it says that we always choose the spirit over the flesh as we continue our walk and the third thing we see is our walk is dependent because the key to walking in the spirit is to look to him to give us the ability to do what we know what we can't do on our own you see the minute we try and do it on our own we simply reject the work of the spirit both in our lives and in our walk with him the Holy Spirit is our true is our source to the true power and victory in our walk. It says we've tried to do it on our own. We tried to make those decisions ourselves and we made the wrong decisions and we fell into sin and temptation and those things that were works of the flesh. It says when we, when we got saved, when our life was changed, it says it presented us with the opportunity for the Spirit of God to work in our lives, to change us, to become the people that God wants us to become, to bring glory to him. You see, there's a phrase that Paul uses here. He says this, he says, let us keep in step with the Spirit as we walk. And the word simply means this, that it means to walk in line behind a leader. Uh, he uses it in Romans 4 verse 12 when he speaks about walking in the footsteps of Abraham's faith. It was a military word to describe troops marching together, keeping in step. And when you keep in step, you're copying what's being done before you. And he's using the illustration here to say, listen, where the Holy Spirit leads, you follow. Where the Holy Spirit guides, you make sure you're in step walking behind him. You see, this is not a walk that we can do in our own strength. It's a walk that we're led. It's a walk that we're guided by. It's a walk where he, he walks hand in hand with us, side by side. Sometimes he has to hold us up. Sometimes he has to give us the support and the encouragement in our walk. But we must make sure that we keep in step with him. We don't go off our own way. We walk side by side. We walk with him behind us, supporting us. And you see, the three things that happen when we walk in the Spirit are these. The first one, when we walk in the Spirit, the desires of the flesh are overcome. When we're presented with choices and temptations and the opportunities to walk in the flesh, we always must do this. What will be the consequence of this? What will be the consequence of this in my walk? 
What will happen to my walk with God if I choose to walk in the flesh here is to do the things of the flesh. So when we walk in the spirit, the desires of the flesh are overcome because we choose to walk in the spirit to keep in step with the spirit, be led by him. The second thing we see is this. When we walk in the spirit, we produce the fruit of the spirit. In a sense, it just happens because we're planted in the right place. We're planted in the right person. Foundation of our life is the Holy Spirit. And, and if, we're, if we're choosing him and walking in him, then naturally that fruit will grow. When we did Psalm 1 a few weeks ago, we, we just simply made that declaration that a tree planted by the water will, will just simply naturally grow. It will naturally produce fruit. It will naturally produce what it needs to produce. And, and the verse that they use in Psalm 1, they shall prosper. And the same is true of us. When we walk in the Spirit and our lives are founded upon the Spirit, we produce that fruit of the Spirit. And the final thing that we see is this, and we begin this uh, we, we conclude with really what I said in the first statement at the start. They said, listen, this is not about the experience of the Holy Spirit. It's about walking in the Spirit and by the Spirit because he gives us the power to live. Because he does the things in our life that need to be done to bring God's glory, to bring glory to God. So when we walk in the Spirit, we receive the power to live. So that's a challenge for us this morning, because it's a challenging word. Paul wrote it as a challenging word to the church in Galatia, because he said you've got to leave this stuff behind. You've got to give up this stuff, and you've got to take up this stuff. He says you've got to stop walking in your own ways, believing they will be the answer, and start walking in your new ways. Uh, and you see, God always gives us the opportunity, and with this, because we're going out online, and we don't know who is watching this morning, so it's only ever right for us to present to you uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God sent his son, Jesus, uh, to the earth to be the sacrifice for our sins by dying on the cross, so you didn't have to pay for your sin, because he paid for your sin, because he loves you. And so we present this opportunity and we've heard it at the table this morning that he took our place. He says, the punishment that was supposed to be mine is no longer mine because Jesus Christ took it upon the cross. And so with that thought, he says, that gives you the opportunity this morning to say in a sense to make that decision to stop walking in your old ways. But if you stop walking in your old ways, you have to begin to start walking in the new way. The new way is that glorious life that you have in Jesus Christ. That walk that simply tells you from the beginning that you are loved, you are accepted and you are forgiven because I paid the price for you. He says, and that life that you live in Christ, he says, it's a life to fullness. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And you see, it's that walk that you have now that gives you purpose, that God gives you his Holy Spirit. And therefore, those things of the flesh will go and they will be reduced because the fruit of the Spirit will increase because you've given your life over to God. And you can make that decision this morning. You can make that choice this morning as you watch this because you, after this is over, you can contact us through the Facebook page or send us a message and we would so gladly love to pray with you and talk to you a little bit more. So we thank you for tuning in this morning. It says the team are going to come and lead us uh, in a final song, just as I close the sermon here in prayer. Father, we come before you. We thank you. Father, the challenge of us walking in our lives. 
Father, he's given more purpose in a sense and, and made easier in a sense because you give us your Holy Spirit to walk by and to walk in. And Father, we thank you that we no longer need to gratify the desires of the flesh, but simply live in and live by your Spirit as it produces the fruit of the Spirit. And God, as we come at the end of this uh, word, we pray for anybody watching, Father God, we pray for the challenges that have been presented, Lord, that you would meet people's needs, that God, you would show them, Father God, that those things that they need to do, Father, those things that some people need to give up and those some things that some people need to take up. And God, we pray for those that are watching. And God, if they don't know you, they don't know your son as their personal saviour yet, the one who, who died on the cross for our sins. Father, we pray for them that you would continue to speak to their hearts long after this service is closed. That God, you would come bring them to realisation through the light of the gospel that shone into their heart. That God, that they need to be saved. That God, you have a wonderful plan for their life. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen.